Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Jordan Zerm from the Checkdown and the Ineligible Man Downfield newsletter, as well as the Rebuild podcast, is coming on to talk about all things Cavs, including Sexland, Jared Allen, and more. That's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osman steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Drummond ran at him. Love this time up toward Drummond. And Drummond dunks. Oh, my. Up to a coral. He lays it up. He lays it in. And, uh, Cleveland. This is for you! Jordan, what's up, buddy? How are you? Chris, man, I'm good. It's good to uh, it's good to connect virtually face to face. It's been a it feels like um, a very long time since we were sitting next to each other at Cavs games. Um, so good, good to see you, man. <laughs> Do you remember the Cavs game where we were sitting next to each other and John Dorsey himself walked in and he looked like he was actually just there to scout? Like he did look like he was there to like tea. his kid was yeah. with him, but he didn't look like he was there to like enjoy a night of basketball with his child. He looked like there was like, all right, who could I get to play defensive? For hundred percent, he was also wearing uh, just like the same thing that he like. He has like three outfits, and he was wearing one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, we had some uh, we had some fun times um, back when uh, LeBron was hanging. Well, and then pre, I remember right before uh, COVID changed our lives and, and our whole world upset. I we were talking because I was gonna come out to I was I'm gonna be going out to California for oh, a work trip. Right. I was like, hey, like let's meet up, let's get some dinner, like let's 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 chill for a minute, you know. And then COVID happened, and uh, you know here here we are in, in January, almost a year later. It's wild. <laughs> just, I went waiting for that. Moderna. I went home in Mar- last March, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I flew home because I was like talking to my parents and I was like, look, like it's probably going to get way worse. So I'm just going to come home now and just like hang out. At- and I hung out with my mom's. I ended up being home for a month and a half because it was so bad. But it blows my mind that it will have been like in a month that will have been a year since I did that because it just like time has not really moved in a in a way that is like linear <laughs> since the pandemic happened. So no. it's a uh, it's no. wild, but it's always good to talk Cavs with you, Chris. So I'm happy to be here. No, glad to do it. I'm glad we're able to do this. You're, I'm, I'm glad we're able to hop on and do this because the Cavs are actually interesting right now. Um, they are, I think, with the Browns season done and the Indians just the, well, the Cleveland baseball team being just like a, an outright unfortunate thing to talk about. If if folks could see our our you mean Hooper's <laughs> chat about what well, no one no one wants to write about the baseball team right no, now. No, they sure like, don't. Who, who, no one cares. Even Hooper, who loves no baseball, doesn't want to write. Who's <laughs> like who's like hey you're a you're a baseball guy. Please write about the baseball team. Doesn't want to do it. Um, the Cavs are interesting. They're fun. They are building something. I think in a way that I don't know if I expected this, and I, that's where I want to start. Did you expect anything close to where we are now? Because again. I did not. I thought they'd be feistier. I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be better prepared for games and all that stuff. They're like. I don't know if they're like quote unquote good. If, I don't know if I want to like say that they're like a legit good team. Um, but I think they're at least quality in some ways. And I think Colin Sexton's obviously having a, a moment. And again, like I, they're like the Lakers game was not a performance they had in them last year. Like I, I just I didn't expect this. What did you? What did you expect this at all? No, I definitely didn't expect this. Um, I'm with you. I thought they would be better. Um, 
I thought like JB Bickerstaff, obviously after the sort of disaster that was the, you know, John Beeline experiment, like um, it, they were going to be hopefully a more disciplined team and a better team, but like by no means were they going to approach the level that they're at now. Um, it kind of felt like when the Jared Allen trade happened, and I know we'll get into that in a bit, but like when the Jared Allen trade happened and then they had those back-to-back games against the Nets, it sort of was just like, wait, what's happening? Like they look like an actual competitive, fairly decent basketball team. And um, I think even before that, like with both Sexton and Garland, and I think this was the hope, but the some of the players have taken some leaps that I think we didn't even expect. Like it's one, it was one thing, like uh, I was fairly, I was probably more optimistic about Sexton this season than I had been since he came into the league. Like I thought like thir- that third year is, you know, you've been in the league a couple of years, you've got experience on your belt. Like I definitely expected a, a jump, another jump from him, but you know, that game against the Nets where he really kind of like had his coming out party. Um, and then I think the growth from Garland too, even though he's been dealing with the, with the shoulder and was out for a little while. I just think like it, things to, seem to have sped up a little bit in terms of like the progression of some of these really young players that the Cavs had. Um, and then you throw Jared Allen into the mix and all of a sudden you're sort of looking at a team that you're like, Oh, like there's kind of a clear identity to what they are. And it like now you sort of have a, I don't know if I'm like want to call Colin Sexton a star, but like this very good young player who you can rely on to get buckets when you need them. And like all of a sudden this team sort of formed, whereas I think, like the past couple of seasons, you really had no idea what the Cavs were. Like maybe there were some pieces you liked, but you had no idea like what they were forming. And all of a sudden it kind of came together, especially in that back to back against, or those two games against the Nets. And um, yeah, man, we were talking, like it was just sort of shocking to see what was happening in those Nets games. And it really feels like their trajectory has uh, fast forward a little bit, not, a crazy amount. You had a really good piece in our newsletter about that, where it's like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit, but like just in terms of where maybe we thought this team would end up at the beginning of the season to now is, is pretty, uh, I think has been sped up a little bit. Yeah. Like I would be surprised if this team is like a bottom three team this year now. And I, I sort of assume they'd be one of the worst teams in the league this year again. Um, again, like I, I think they're going to regress in some ways. Like, do I think this is the ultimately going to be like the third best defense in the league? I, I don't think so. Um, like, is Colin Sexton going to keep shooting 50-something percent from three? Probably not. Um, but I, but there's also stuff that's going to work in their favor. Like, contrary to what uh, – and I want to hear you think about this. Like, I, a lot of people seem to think Kevin Love is – like, you and I have talked about this. Somebody think he's just going to be, like, a net negative. I don't really buy that, like, any guy as good as Kevin Love can be, like, a net negative. I think they need shooting. I think he's going to help. Like, I, there's stuff that's going to break for them, stuff that is not. But I, I think the, the through line is, like, Sexton is clearly a good player. Like, do we know what he exactly is yet? No. But, like, he's taking a step in a lot of different ways. I think Garland's on his way to being good. I think um, Isaac Okor defensively is already pretty good, and we'll see if he can figure out the offensive side in some way over the course of the season. I'm, I love Jared Allen. As long as Drummond's around, like, I think he's going to contribute in meaningful ways. He has motivation in a lot of ways, I think, to continue to kind of play well and try to play within what the Cavs are trying to do here. Um, the freelancing is not going to help him get that contract. I think he's he's pretty clearly looking for. So, like, it's a good spot for them to be in. And, again, like, would are you – if you're Kobe Allman, like, would you probably have wanted another crack at, like, getting Cade Cunningham or getting Kuminga? Yeah, but I think with the lottery odds – 
kind of shaking out the way they are. You could get lucky still, and, and things are a little less shaky in that way. And like, you know, the, the the draft order will change. But like, if there is a if you're end up in the seven to twelve range, like I do think there are still going to be like some four, three, four types. It's just probably the piece if I'm them or three, maybe a shooting four that you can look at. Like that's the kind of guy I'm looking at. Whether it's like maybe you're not getting Kuminga or or Kate Cunningham, but like, can you get Scotty Barnes? Can you get Jalen Johnson? Can you get Someone in that range, even if they're not like an AA plus guy, like you're still adding another interesting piece in some way. I, I think there's just a lot to like. And again, like I, I didn't expect to be this optimistic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think even being able to have the conversation of if the Cavs can add X player in the draft, like they could have a legitimately good team. And I and and that's a pretty crazy conversation I think to have from where we were even last season when Garland was really struggling through his rookie year and it was sort of unsure like how he and Sexton were going to work out and nobody knew what was going on like is Kevin Love going to be here are they going to treat him Um, is the Drummond thing just like a little rental is that going to go moving forward so I think yeah like to your point I think just the ability to for, for the front office now to really look at this upcoming draft and be like well one now the lottery the new lottery odds sort of could work in our favor. Whereas in the past two seasons, they probably didn't Um, now, like maybe the Cavs have a better record and and could, you know, in, in past years when the the lottery changes hadn't come into play yet, or like, weren't going to get a high enough pick where you're like, damn, well, like if they could have, even if they could have picked it like seven or six or something, they could get a really good player. But um, so you never know how that's going to fall. And yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about, sex land and one i'm so thrilled that that has just caught on everywhere like i see it i even had a coworker slack me the other day and he was like sex land has been looking really good and i'm like yes let's go <laughs> um so it's really caught on like wildfire and i'm thrilled about that um but i even think like it was really a shame that garland missed some time i think you're still seeing him kind of especially when he's like driving to the rim uh, I think that shoulder injury, either like he's still just not 100% confident in it yet or it's not completely healed or whatever it may be. Um, and hopefully like as the season goes on and, and he gets you know, continues to get back in the groove, like that'll improve. But I think you're even seeing like the, now there's some difference between Sexton and Garland. Like there, there was always obviously differences between them, but especially last year was kind of like, okay, they both kind of want the ball and they both want to score all the time. And neither one of them is really passing that much. And I really think you're starting to see, I mean, Sexton has been great passing the ball, but he's still, he's going to be a scorer. Like that's what he is. Garland has had two straight games of five assists. Um, and he's really starting to sort of like navigate pick and rolls really well. Uh, he had a oop to JaVale McGee yesterday where he just really sort of probed after going around the McGee pick and, and kind of waited until the last minute um, when McGee was, I think it was Montrez Harrell, who was his man. And he kind of sucked Montrez Harrell in through the soup to McGee. It was perfect. And I think you're starting to see Garland's passing really start to get to a level where you're like, okay, if that's what can differentiate them a little bit, where Sexton's going to be the scorer all the time, his passing is going to be a bonus, but Colin's going to have the ball in the hands. He's going to score. But if he's out there with Garland, when they have minutes together, if Garland can become a guy that is a threat from the outside and is a threat as a scorer, like he can, he can get his own too. But if he's going to be a guy that can like pass like that, and then you start to differentiate them a little bit, that's what makes me even more excited about sort of the trajectory of, of sex land is like, okay, now Garland is separating himself a little bit from Colin because I think the worry was always like, okay, these are just two of the same players that you guys got, like guys that want to score and don't really pass the ball that well. 
And I think you're starting to see from Garland, like maybe he's got some like really good passing traits in him. And, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, his his passing is, I think, the most interesting part of his game. Um, even last year, I thought, like, even when he wasn't always doing it and was hesitant to maybe do it, I still thought that was the stuff that, that popped the most. And, if again, I, I the it's hard to know what to make of some of the numbers because, like, they've had so many injuries, Garland's for some time. But cleaning the glass has them as a plus th- about three points better than opposing uh, teams per 100 possessions when those two are on the floor together. Um, and notably, it's only 43 possessions. It's, I think, just like the basically the one game. Uh, but it's the Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Love, Drummond lineup is plus 35 f- per 100 possessions. That's outrageous. It's scoring 127 points uh, per 100 possessions and is shutting. it was allowing 92.7 points per Again, that was like the Pistons. Like, I don't want to like read a lot <laughs> yeah. into that, but like... But, but like but like if that off that offense like that just lineup has stuff that I like and it just like kind of fit like Okoro can cover defensively on, on a lot of nights and I think that's good. I think like like love is gonna help with the spacing and I think offers like there there are legit actions they cannot run when Kevin Love is not playing. Like they just can't they run this double drag action with with two bigs and one will roll and one one is supposed to pop and when Kevin Love's not playing, you can't pop Jared Allen when or you can't pop Andre Drummond and you can't run that set with them together. I mean you um, you, you could you just you can't could do pop it. Andre Drummond. Weird. It would be a fun, chaotic experiment <laughs> if you wanted. Yeah, I'm sure Andre pop, pop JaVale <laughs> McGee. well pop JaVale pop McGee. JaVale, who Let's maybe is, pop point who is JaVale. maybe taking more threes than Drummond this year. Anyway, continue. I don't even think Drummond's taken maybe yeah. one three. Javale's been hoisted. Yeah, Javale's been hoisted. But um, we're going to come back here in a sec, talk a little bit more about DG and talk about what's going on there. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline is our online sports betting partner here at the Lockdown Network. And if you want to bet on the Super Bowl, which is Bucks and Chiefs coming up, if you want to bet um, on any future NBA games, NHL games, if that's your bag, whatever it is, you can go right now and get get covered at the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus. Again, don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. And I want to tell everyone also about the newest podcast in the network that's locked on today. Lockdown Today is your sports news in under 20 minutes or less. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcast. And maybe one day oh, we'll get on there talking some sex land because that's that's what the people need. But all right, back after this for a little more sex land talk. All right, Jordan. So Colin Sexton, for you, what is the thing for you this year that has led you say okay this is this is what i'm most impressed by with him like is there one thing is it multiple things like and this is a crazy leap like i think he was obviously on the way up doing good stuff but he's been incredible this year um it's it's been he should he should be all-star candidate frankly in my mind but for you what what has impressed you the most with him yeah i i think like especially to anyone that has followed me on twitter like i i've been pretty not down on colin sexton but you know just was unsure of like the player he was going to become. And if he was ever, I think the conversation we were having last year was like, okay, is he just, is he just Jordan Clarkson? Like, is he just a dude that scores a ton, um, but isn't really going to help your teams in a different way? Although shout out to Jordan Clarkson, who's balling in Utah this year. So like much love 
Also, just like a like a like a like a like a cool guy Great who dude. wears scarves. Like I'm, I I love Great that guy. Dude, Jordan Clarkson is amazing. I love Jordan. M I Z. Like he's my guy. But like I think that's what the conversation was like. Is is Colin Sexton's ceiling like just Jordan Clarkson? Like this guy that's just instant offense, but like he's not going to pass the ball and he's going to hack up shots and you know have a questionable shot selection at times. Um, so I don't think we knew. And I was <laughs> I texted you this week, and I'm very excited to make this comparison. But it's like. Colin Sexton to me is like the Josh Allen of the NBA because Josh Allen in his first two years in the NFL was basically the quarterback he was in college, which was this dude that had this huge arm and made some wow plays. But like overall, his accuracy was abysmal. Like it was under 60%. And I was terrified the Browns were going to draft him because it was just like, this is the stereotypical, like huge arm quarterback that teams fall in love with. Cause he's like six foot five and he can throw it 80 yards, but has no touch. And his accuracy is terrible. And for the first two years in Buffalo, even last year, when they, when they made the playoffs, like he still was completing like sub, I don't know the exact numbers, but his accuracy was really, really bad. Like this is, he just was the guy that he was in college. And then in year three, Josh Allen made, I think I saw a tweet that like Josh Allen made like the biggest leap in terms of like just accuracy and like completion percentage over expected of like any quarterback in NFL history from year two to year three. Like Josh Allen just became something clicked, whether it was Brian Dable, his offensive coordinator, or just his third year in Buffalo, whatever it was. And he reeled in a little bit of like those insane throws that he would sometimes make. And he became this like incredible quarterback that led the bills to the AFC championship. Um, that's what like has happened to Colin Sexton for me. Colin Sexton went from like, okay, we know he can score. Is there anything else he can do? And like, can he score at an efficient rate? I think like your question about what stands out the most is just like, he's so much more under control. And I think Josh Allen was, Josh mm-hmm. Allen was the same way this year. Whereas like maybe his like rookie sophomore year. Um, and it's kind of fun. They're both in their third year, but like, you know, like Josh Allen would try to do way too much and didn't know how to like, he had this rocket arm, but he didn't know how to like rein it in when he needed to with Colin to see him like being patient on pick and rolls and like he, putting a defender on his hip and sort of probing into the pain and going back out um and just like controlling you know he's so fast that like in past years he would sort of just go to the hoop with his head down because he was just like i'm gonna run past everybody and try to get this layup and he'd get blocked or like he had no there was no like he'd run into a big man or he'd get a charge or something like to me seeing him be so much more patient and so much more under control both like on drives to the hoop and in the pick and roll like that to me is such a big deal like his scoring is amazing. He's scoring at even like a more efficient rate now than ever. He can get to that free throw little mid range whenever he wants. He can, you know, come off a pick and roll and hit a three. Like he can do so much now, but he's just so much more under control. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. I think him, the the point you made about having guys come in and riding his hip is just like vital because I think before he just like would throw up sh- like wild shots and now when he's doing that like it opens up the opportunity not just for him to score a little cleaner but like feed the big or or reset the offense if he needs to and I also think we're seeing like he needs a I think for him the kind of stuff you'd want to su- surround him with is like not dissimilar to what Utah's doing where it's like you can build the defense with Gobert at the back end and 
then get a bunch of shooters and you get a bunch of guys that can also do some secondary creation. Like I think Larry as a secondary creator is, is good. So hopefully he can get healthy sooner rather than later. Um, I think Darius once now that he's back and hopefully I think his minute restriction is up and, you know, hopefully get this game play more minutes. I think Kevin will help in that way. I think, um, for as wild as he can be sometimes that's one of Jetty's strengths. I think some of the best games he's had this year is when he runs a little pick and roll and throws a blobs to guys and you're like, Oh, Jetty's not playing like he <laughs> injected himself with like seven cans of monster before the game. Like Um Like there there's stuff here and I think you're just looking to see where it goes. You're looking to see like how you can build. And I there again, regression is gonna come defensively and we'll the offense can't be like I I don't even think they're twenty ninth anymore, I will look. But they were like very bad to start the year and they had all these injuries and I was willing to like the the caveat on that is obviously like very fair because you you were missing like your whole rotation and like throwing together stuff just to see if it could work. And like I don't blame any JB for what he did there. Okay, they're still thirtieth in offense in the last two weeks they are uh, they're much better over the last two weeks. They are up to 18th in the last yep. two weeks on offense. So that's like a pretty noticeable jump over now that they've gotten a little healthy and, and made these moves and stuff. I also just think the Jared Allen acquisition is really smart because like Drummond has been better than I thought. And I'm, I will eat crow in that. I'm fine with that. Like that's, that is what it is. But I think Jared as like a, is a little bit of a cleaner fit and is going to allow you to play a little quicker. And I think that's good. And I think, stylistically I just think his game fits a little better with what you're going to be doing with Sexton and Garland in, in a core like I think just with him and he's just the timeline is a little match is a little cleaner but he's going to block more shots he's he's maybe going to deflect fewer passes and he's not the offensive hub that Drummond can be on his best nights but lob threat is there um is going to be able to peek and take that little 18 footer which Drummond can't really do there's there's stuff that is different but I like it and um, you know, maybe Drummond ends up, maybe you like do make this push for like the playing tournament with Drummond, but I think with sex with, with Allen, like you actually have your, your long-term answer. And I think like that for, for especially for get how they got him. Like, I don't know how you say no to that, you know, you, you can't like, how would you like, unless like, it's just like, yes, like maybe Drummond's been better than you expected. And maybe like you thought getting him was like your way to get a high, high level talent. And that's why you do that trade. And you got him for basically nothing. But like when Jared Allen, who's younger and all this stuff like comes on the market and it's going to be easier to retain him. Like, I I don't, I think you, you made the right move, even if like the roster is a little more like center heavy than you'd like right now. Yeah, I think like, like having Drummond on the roster, and I think this is how they, the front office operated, but like, yeah, should not preclude you from like, oh, Jared Allen is available in this three-team trade and like we should just sneak in and get them and like it kind of is like twofold too because you know there were some big guys in the draft that the Cavs were Cavs were looking at and I feel like Jared Allen just kind of became their like big man pick and now they don't really have to worry about that anymore I think that's like a huge deal of what getting Jared Allen for um for what they got him um was for them and I think too like Jared Allen Yes, like he obviously is not going to be the offensive threat that that Drummond is, but he's also just not going to go rogue like Drummond does. Like, you just don't know on a night-to-night basis. Like, okay, is Drummond just going to play his game tonight, or is he going to like turn the ball over because he's trying to dribble it like like a point guard, like we saw both him and Javale do last night? Where like that stuff is like it doesn't happen a ton, but it happens enough where it can legitimately like ruin a couple possessions and in a close game like it was last night until LeBron went insane. Um, like th- that's just little things. So, you know, I, I, I just continue to think that Drummond's like not going to be a part of this team's like in the next couple of years as they sort of rise to ho- a hopeful playoff contender is like, 
I don't think Drummond's going to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, Drummond's definitely been better than than I imagined too. I just like, I don't know what it is about his game, but I just don't enjoy it that much. And so like, it's, I, I just enjoy Jared Allen more as a basketball player. I enjoy watching him like swat shots and just bust his ass on defense and run the court and like, He's gonna. He's already done wonders for yeah for both Garland and Sexton in the pick and roll, and I think he'll continue to do so. And um, so yeah, I think like getting Jared Allen both like makes it feel like okay, well you know they grabbed Okoro, uh, which was it like love that pick, but man, if they could have gotten God, what's his what was the kid's name from from USC? Why well, can't I uh, that the Hawks picked? Oh, yeah. so it's like, you know, that was a guy I was really high on and was like, oh, it'd be awesome if the Cavs got him because they do need this sort of modernized big man that can like run to the rim and, and be in the pick and roll. And it's like Jared Allen's 22, you know, like he's still he, he kind of is yeah. like this draft pick of that. So that um, I think was just really smart by, by the Cavs. And it's like, yeah, like if he's available for what they got him for, you can't you just can't turn it down um, no matter how many centers are on your roster already. Yeah, uh, I also, like, love – Okoro's just – like, the offense is, like, a, a problem right now. Like, he's quite bad on that end of the yep. floor. Um, he needs to he needs to use, like, a jugs machine for basketballs almost to, like, get his hands kind of better, like, prep for catching pass. But defensively, like, the only bad game he's really had was defending Jalen Brown the other night. Um, and Jalen's just playing at another level. But, like, even, like, LeBron, like, he defended LeBron. Like, like LeBron cooked. Yeah, but, but like, he was – Like, I didn't feel like Oko- – Okor was like washed. Like I didn't feel like he was getting like wrecked. Like LeBron was just doing yeah, LeBron. LeBron was shit. taking threes from the logo and hitting step back threes and like doing his fadeaway in the corner where you're like, there's no chance this shot's going in, and it goes in. Like even though LeBron had what like 48, it felt like Okoro played him like pretty well, which is such a, a yeah, testament and then, to LeBron and, Le- and how absurd he still is. Yeah, Le- LeBron talking shit to Jetty at the free throw line, like just. Ugh, amazing. Give me the full audio that I already but um all right, one more break here. I want to tell you also about our friends at Built Bar. So Built Bar, as you probably know if you listen to any lockdown show, is the best tasting protein bar ever. There are six new amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. There's also the twelve originals, including mint brownie, salted caramel, and coconut. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're soft and easy to you, covered in 100% chocolate. And look, a staple of my rotation is cookies and cream. It has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, get a free cooler with purchase. That's while supplies last. And go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And I want to also tell you guys about Rejecting the Screen, one of the other NBA shows in our network. It's hard to believe that it's been a year since we tragically lost Kobe Bryant. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen and listen this week to celebrate the life of one of the NBA's all-time stars. All right, we're back here with Jordan's room. Jordan, where do you want to take this? Your choice. Where, what do you want to talk about now as we get close to the end here? Yeah, I, I'm i curious like what you think this team's timeline is now in terms of in terms of like being a legitimate playoff contender and how 
uh, how close do you think they are now? I mean, I think it's funny because those like those two Nets games happened and they were so amazing that you were just like, oh, my God, like, the, are the Cavs going to like get the five seed? Like, what's happening? And I think like they go into Boston and get destroyed and you're like, OK, like, let's take a step back. Um but then they play the, you know, I honestly was expecting them to sort of get blown out by the Lakers and they played the Lakers really, really hard and were in that game mm-hmm. until, yeah, like I said, LeBron decided to go into God mode. And like, I don't know if that means that they're, they'll make the play in tournament. I don't know what that means for this season in particular. Like you said, I think like the defense will probably regress a little bit and they're going to have growing pains um they still sometimes have trouble creating offense but like yeah i i'm curious for your perspective now that we've sort of seen how jared allen fits and some growth from sex land and even guys like dylan windler like it's it's nice to see him re- he's like a good rebounder which i was unaware yeah it's, it's sneaky sneakily sneaky like good uh, a good re like he and that, that's like a sign of like a guy who sort of knows what he's doing i think is that like he's he rebounds well and he's able to do that. I think that was a good, I thought he like outplayed Kyle Kuzma in the Lakers game actually. Yeah, so it's, um, which, which Kuzma like doing, uh, Kuzma's like my least favorite Kuzma, player in the league to watch. It, Kuzma's just sort of become like a, um, I'm just going to do everything but score and stuff now. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, it's weird. But yeah, so like even the pieces where you like you don't know, like with Dylan Windler, where he missed his whole rookie season and then gets hurt again. And you're just kind of like, damn, like, is this are we ever going to be able to figure out like if what Dylan Windler is like, even he's showing some signs of like he's going to be a helpful player. So, um, yeah, I'm curious for your thoughts on their timeline slash like how close are they to being like an actual contending team? So I th- I think there's a couple ways to to look at at this. Um, I think you're right about the Lakers game because I like the Boston game was like them getting taken down a massive peg. Like JB basically was like we are hot. Paraphrasing, but he's like we got high off our own supply and like they walked into the club. He's like I knew late at it. night, fastly late. <laughs> like they had the spotlight on him. They're like, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, I'm trying. Isn't there? I think there's like an episode of Atlanta or something like that, or like uh, they were like uh, the the episode of um, of Dave where like he's doing the concert for the the kid and like <laughs> yes. Macklemore shows up and like upstages him. Like they they were Dave they in were. that moment, like just getting wrecked. Yes. Um, I I think the Lakers game shows that like they're this is like a, a team that has like the right kind of structure, kind of like they're buying into JB. They're buying into kind of what the coaching staff and the organization kind of want right now. I think it was telling that when we actually heard from Kobe Allman, which we don't get to, we don't get a lot of, like, he was like, we're not ready to hit the gas yet. And I think that's right. Like, I would not, like, I would not be buyers if I were them. Like, I would be trying to maximize assets via JaVale, via Drummond. Um, like, I'd be trying to do what you can to kind of reinforce the roster. I, I think you lost some of your potential long-term upside when the KPJ situation happened. And, um, you know, I, I think the breakup kind of probably needed to happen for everyone, but I, I, that that's a loss to your potential upside in terms of your roster. Like I like Windler. Um, the shooting is as a needed component for this team, but like he does not have the same upward potential that, that KPJ does. That's just not what he is. And, and, you know, he might end up being more, a more solid NBA player, but like KPJ could be like much more interesting than that. If things kind of work out for him and we'll see if they do. But I think this year, I think if you can make the playing tournament, I don't think that's like crazy to think about because, I'm still skeptical 
because you're seven, you're seventh right now. You have a brutal slate of games coming up. Um, the schedule coming up is like just loaded with good teams. You have at least two teams below you in Toronto and Miami that I would be shocked if the Cavs finished ahead of them, particularly the Heat, who are six and ten yep. right now. Um, I think if you end up in like that ten, that nine, ten, eleven range, I think that's ultimately like fine, and I think that's a good season. Next year, I think you're, you're you should be expecting to make the playoffs, or at least like be in contention for that eight nine range and, and be right there. Um, that'll be year three for Garland. You know, that'll be year two of Okoro. That'll be year four for Sexton. Like you'll have like Jared Allen in place, who's like a good player and is and is can contribute to winning basketball. You'll get a chance to kind of um, probably reshape the roster a little bit in terms of what you're going to do this offseason when Drummond goes and, and maybe you're not spending big, but like you can, like maybe you can find the third guard. Um, that that's like your, like your Dante Exum replacement, right? Like, or like kind of like a better version of what Dante was it and, and find that kind of piece, which I think is maybe a needed piece or although maybe it's like Damian Dotson or maybe like Windler can handle the ball a little bit. I don't, or maybe it just ends up being Jetty who knows, but I think like that kind of piece you could go shopping for, um, and we'll see where that goes. I think next year will tell us, like, does, you know, I, like, I think right now, Jordan, if I were saying, like, who are the guys I think are locks for what the Cavs are doing um, in terms of, like, guys I think are 100%, like, locked into the core and, like, we, I have no real concerns about their, their viability as legit, very good to good to good, good to very good NBA players, it's Sexton and Allen. Um, I think we know, we don't, like, Okora's offensive game can't remain this bad if he's going to be, like, a a core core piece like it just it just can't he can't be Andre Roberson yeah. on offense if he wants to be like a, a legit piece like I'm sorry he just can't like and he's really young like I'm not saying he should be great now this is sort of what I might have expected but he's gonna have to get better Garland has to stay healthy and and kind of prove how he fits into this like everyone still has a lot to prove so I think we're they're still in the building stage but I think you have your your one and your you have like your one or two whatever position you want to label Colin and you have Jared Allen and the rest you're trying to figure out what what is what and like i like i think but i think they have like they they have a lot of shots and balls up in the air and i think like jetty at the very least is like a solid nba player who's going to be a little chaotic sometimes but i think all nba players that aren't stars are kind of like that you know um i i think you have the foundation for something i don't know exactly what um i think there there's something being built and that's interesting and it's also led me to like consider like Okay, like if you're still in talent acquisition mode, is there like someone that maybe is going to come up on the trade market um, that that you could talk myself into? Like, could you talk yourself into like if the contract ends up being his next contract isn't cheap? But like, would Lonzo Ball as like your third guard be like a crazy idea? I think probably yeah, but like I, there's I'm looking at stuff and kind of wondering, okay, is there like a, a piece they could nab as they move some stuff around to see if they could like make that their kind of move ahead of time to kind of prep for next year? But I, I think next year. The, assuming everything kind of continues where we're going here, I think next year's like okay. Like you, I wouldn't say you're trying to like go compete with the Bucks or the Celtics or anything, but you should be. I think next year should be like another improvement year, and I'd be surprised if if they don't try it that way. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, and I think the question is too because like I don't know. I think I mentioned this earlier. Like I don't know if Colin Sexton is going to be like a, a star slash superstar. I think like his scoring is obviously kind of there already. And if he like continues on this like path that he's been on, then yeah, you can kind of like be like, okay, we have Sexton in place as this guy who could give us 30 plus on any given night and can get his own shot whenever he wants. Um, and that's a big deal because like, 
then you can sort of be like, okay, well, we have this one guy in place and then we sort of like see what else around him we can make work. I still think, like you said, like whether it's through the draft um, or, or whatever it is, they still need, you know, somebody else who's going to be able to create um, like a guard or a wing that, that's going to be able to get buckets and on a consistent basis, I think before you can really start being like, okay, this team could like make a run in the playoffs. But, you know, we also don't, that's, I think that's the upside too of Garland. It's like, okay, we still don't fully know what Garland is and his scoring has been a little bit inconsistent, but like we've seen things from him with his handle, like he can get wherever he wants to go with his handle. It's just going to be a matter of like, okay, can he get his, you know, finishing around the rim numbers up, you know, five, 10%. Um, is he, is his three pointer going to be consistent? Like his shot looks fine. And he's a guy that has range from wherever, but like getting it to go in is going to be another thing you have to watch from him. So it's yeah. like Garland has those traits of like, okay, like him and Sexton could really be this. If they, if you're thinking like optimistic, like high ceiling for both of them, like, both of those guys could potentially get buckets whenever they wanted to. And then, you know, everybody compares them to, to CJ and Dame, but like, if you're just looking at in terms of like, okay, we have two guys on the floor or we, when we stagger their minutes that are going to be able to carry a lot of the scoring load. And I think like if they kind of continue on that path, then it becomes a different conversation. I think like if Garland doesn't quite become that guy um, and if maybe Sexton kind of caps out on something, then it's like, okay, yeah, they definitely need like one more legitimately very good player on this team to kind of feel like you can compete. But like I said, like bring it a full circle. It's like even having this conversation right now about next year, if they do this or add this, they could be like a legitimate playoff team, I think is pretty wild because the criticisms of this particular rebuild is that the Cavs didn't really have a plan. It was sort of like, we're taking Sexton. Okay. We're taking Garland, similar player. Uh, and, and the way they sold the Garland thing was, was weird too. Cause it was like, he made a bunch of threes and like John Beeline left him. The Cavs are not good at like explaining yeah. themselves. Not that they like need to, but it's like, I feel with like the Browns, like you, at least this year, not the year before, because the year before was like Dorsey and like yeah. Kitchens, and you you know this better than I do. It was it was absolutely insane. Like I feel like with like Barry and with Stefanski, like even if they're not telling you like revealing their hand, you sort of know what their philosophy is. I don't always feel like I know what the Cavs' philosophy no. is. I don't feel like I I don't feel like I have like a read on like what Kobe Altman's like vision as a basketball executive is. We don't know how involved yeah. Dan Gilbert is at this point, considering the, he had the stroke last year and everything. Yep. Like. Um, we don't know yeah. some of this. And like, and I think like JB, as much as I like, I think JB is a good coach. There's like little stuff. Like I, I thought like, I didn't, I thought sometimes his, his rotation can get a little out of hand. And like, he lost, like, I think the Lakers game, like Jetty, Jetty was playing one of his better games yep. of the year. And like, you're playing like two bigs late, like why, like little stuff where it's like, okay, like there's a little tinkering that needs to yeah. be done here. My final two points is number one, I think the playing tournament would be good in some ways because. I think getting them reps in those kind of games is good. Like it's it doesn't show up in like your statistical argument or anything. But like if you can get sex and even if it's like a one game playoff, like a close playoff game rep, I think that's good for him. Um, like it was good for Donovan Mitchell. It was good for Jamal Murray. Like it's good for that. Oh, kind I'm of player. a huge, he's, I think huge believer to... in that. Just getting into that and being yeah. in that atmosphere yeah. is a big deal for somebody like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I think like anywhere you go, it's like that's going to help them. It'll help everyone, and it'll help JB as a coach, frankly, to kind of have to do some of those playoff adjustments because um, that, that, that's a tricky thing to try and do. Even if it's a one-game series, like you will throw different stuff at teams and, and really try to game plan. And number two, I think one of the benefits this year of still being a lottery team would be you get a, a, a player that you think could have some upside and maybe be good and contribute, like kind of balance those two things or one or the other, whatever you want to do. And it's going to be affordable for you going forward because Sexton's going to get max or close to max money. Garland's going to be contract extension eligible a year after that. Kevin's money will come off the books and that will free up some stuff in like two years. Like that's it, the, you're close to the end of that. Assuming you don't like move him for a longer contract. That's maybe a little less year to year, but whatever. Like the, the money stuff is going to start sneaking up on you. And you're going to have like your cap, the cap will go up, assumingly, assuming COVID related losses, like don't halt that. Um, that's a concern for every sport, but like, you're going to be in a position where you have to wonder about that just a little bit. And I think if you could get one more crack at like a good young player to build on this core that can maybe can contribute right away, but also could like grow as you're still kind of growing, that could be a really good outcome for what you're trying to build roster wise. Um, I think that could be optimal. Cade would be the ultimate example of that. But if there's any of these guys in the lottery that you feel could slide in here and then you could build, like, I, I think that would be like a really big win for, for Kobe, for, for the organization um, to get them another piece. Cause I think again, Sexton is one Allen's one. We'll find out about everybody else, but I think you want another shot at a guy like that before you hit the gas. Because again, it's not like next year, if you go, okay, we're going to like go after this thing. Like, you're not going to be favored to beat the Bucks. You're not going to be favored to beat Embiid. You're not going to be favored to beat the, the Nets, as we currently understand them. Like, you got a little bit of time before you're really trying to press. And it's, like, making the second round of the playoffs would be a, a huge accomplishment for a franchise that has, like, never had success post-Price and Nance without LeBron. Like, they just haven't. That would be uh, – it's hard. It's hard to get even that far, but I think you got to, like, approach it correctly. And I think one if, if Kobe is accurate in saying – we're not ready to hit the gas. There's a way to do this that is really smart. And what happens with like Drummond will be interesting. Like, do you can you flip him for something? Can you sign and trade him next year um, to somewhere? Like, it, like, can you or is it just worth having him around to kind of help build a little bit? Like, I, I think there's interesting philosophical questions about kind of what they're they're doing here. But it's it's as interesting as it's been Jordan in non-LeBron. Like, I find what they're doing right now, even though Kyrie was like better and like than Sexton was at this point in his career. I think what they're doing now is more interesting overall than what they built that th- the build that time without LeBron. I really, really I was do. I was just about to say that as well. Like if you compare the first go round after LeBron to this, it was like okay, yeah, they got Kyrie Irving, they got the number one pick, and they took Tristan Thompson in that draft as well, who ended up being a really great pick that kind of took some time to kind of reap the benefits of. But outside of that, it was like okay, like what else did they do? And they basically just like Dion waiters. And it was like this team, like talk about two guys that like just never, ever fit taking like back to back Kyrie and Dion. They, they had, they like, they had to have a press conference to deny that they hated each other and got still the best fight. still to this day, the single greatest sports press conference I've, I've ever watched. Um, but yeah, yep. there was really like, there was truly like this, this go around got criticized for having no real direction. Like that go around really had no direction outside of like, well, Kyrie's really good. And then they didn't do any, they didn't do anything else. And and then, then LeBron was like, and then they're like, all right, let's pay Yeah. But then they're like, let's pay Earl oh Clark. God. Let's like bring in Andrew and Bynum. Was there for like, a little bit. Like, 
Well, when like when Spencer Hawes was like the crowning jewel because he could run a pick and roll with Kyrie or a pick and pop, but, like it's just like everything else was bad. It's like, hey, we traded for Lowell Dang, who's oh like probably God. a little washed. I forgot that. And and like was awful and did not want to play for the Cavs. Like very clearly, it was oh, like, he why came am in I? And here? He was like, this is the worst organization I've ever been a part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, it was bad. Yeah, and so it's like if you know if LeBron doesn't come back, you're looking at that team. And you're like, you guys took Kyrie. And you did, and you just completely botched this roster. Like the year before LeBron came back was when they were like fighting for that like eight seed and they didn't end up getting it. And like you're just like, like Kyrie was coming into his own, but he just had nothing else around him. And so at least right now, whether maybe they fell into it a little bit or not, like I don't even know if you like, and Chris, you may know this better than me, but like if privately the Cavs thought Sexton would get to this level that he is right now. I, I, I generally so don't know. It, so it's I don't like, know. I, 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 think it, I think if they told you that when he was a rookie yes. and was like dribbling in from three-pointers, yeah. they'd be lying. They 100% would. So like, yes, it's a credit to them that they identified that Colin was going to work his ass off year after year. And it's a huge credit to Colin Sexton that the amount of work he has put in because he legitimately transformed his game into something that was like not viable in the modern NBA to now a dude who's shooting 50, like you said, it probably won't continue but he's shooting over 50% from three. It's ridiculous. So um, it's a credit to the Cavs for at least now creating a team that is both interesting and has an identity. Whereas, yeah, if you think about that first run, it was just like, I remember like Chris Grant being like, well, Dion is a pick and roll maestro. And you're just like, what? Like Chris, I dude, I remember Chris Grant being like, I went to all these Syracuse games and like talking himself into Deion Waiters and everybody was just like, okay, none of us have ever heard of this dude, but I guess. And like, he didn't start. Uh, yeah. You, you just, you, he's, I just, I just like think sometimes about like the swinging, like if LeBron doesn't come back and like, you can't trade with, like you end up with Wiggins who like, I, I would have picked two. Like, For it's sure. not like I wouldn't have picked Wiggins. I think. But, like, can you imagine if the Cavs had, had like, the Wiggins contract oh. now and then Kyrie, like, forced his way out? How, like, the, the alternate timeline is just, Dude, like, if, very if, if LeBron doesn't come back, the alternate timeline is really bad. Also, like, I just remembered um, Tyler Zeller. So that was a fun pick. Um, so, anyway, it's just, like... Uh, well, and it's, like, all this stuff. And J- they signed Jared Jack that summer. And, like, all of it just gets wiped away because LeBron's, like, hey, I want to come play yeah, for you. Like, again. get rid of everybody. Like, it's not, like, organizational yeah. competence that, like, saved them. It was, like... Hey, LeBron's like, I'm gonna come back. So, cool. Make yeah, cap room, make for, room me. for me. And then even you know he leaves, and like the beadline thing was insane. And you're just like, okay, guys, are you just like, is there any plan, or you guys just see a name and you throw some money at it? So it's like, at the very least, they deserve some credit for finally like creating a competent basketball team and structure. And let's hope that that continues. This is this is the most post the post beeline firing is the most normal they've been in a very long time, time, which is just just thinking about that's that's a compliment. compliment. And I I hope that one day more people talk about the beeline era so we can have some great stories because, boy, Uh, just if you want to if you want to chuckle, go back and find the clippings uh, where they talk Kobe Altman like tells like it's like. You know, uh, we I talked to him at a wedding, and I was just impressed <laughs> with his basketball mind, and it was just like, I was like, oh, okay, man. okay, like I, like I, I love a good, give me a good sell, you know, like sell it, Don't you gotta sell it. it, but like that, that's a cho- that was that was a choice, and then like, were you still living here when he was talking about beeline? I was talking about the beeline ball. Oh yes. 
Oh, yep. God. No, it was an era, and fortunately, it's behind us. But what a time it was! <laughs> very nice suit. He had, he had very good suits, though. I thought you know, good, good suits. By all accounts, a nice guy. Just, just not, so, not for us. Not, not, <laughs> not for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at least they hired the yeah. right. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, they hired the two head coaches at once, basically. So that's yeah, they somebody said it was like the Cavs did it twice. Once with David Blatt, and they're like, oh, Ty Lue's actually a way better coach. And then they were like, all right, John Beeline, two old white guys <laughs> who had a younger, better assistant behind mm-hmm. them on the bench. But you know, it it happens. And then both just said, yeah, both both said crazy <laughs> shit. So, yeah, the parallels it, between Blatt, Lue, and Beeline and bigger staff are pretty pretty funny. Cavs are great. But Jordan, before we go, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and the work you're doing over the channel. Yeah, well, you know, big announcement. Changed my Twitter handle. Um, lost my blue check. It was a real you're, you're, you're a real, a, just, yeah, you're, real you're a peasant. disaster on my part. Uh, <laughs> but I'm at Jordan Zerm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, professionally, find us over at the Checkdown as we gear up for the Super Bowl. Uh, they have a lot of good stuff coming. So if you don't follow the Checkdown, specifically on Instagram, you should do that because, um, yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. So check us out. Yeah, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Cavs-Pistons, which is a basketball game that is going to be happening. Um, Kevin might be back soon. We'll see if Larry plays. We'll see if Darius is back in the starting lineup. Uh, but check that out. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. And then, again, mailbag, if you want any questions, get a minute. Locked on Cavs or email us at lockedoncavs.gmail.com, and we'll enter those Friday and Probably next week, too. Thanks again for everyone for listening. Talk to you all soon.